son do what's best for Brinley. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. And good morning and welcome to Saturday in the studio. I'm Tom King, and we are normally joined here by Merle Kelch, Kelch and Associates. Merle is taking one last camping trip this weekend, so attorney Alan Haugam joins us this morning to take your questions about uh, planning for your future, planning for transfer of assets, planning for your passing on and all of those things. That's what his expertise is in. Good morning, Alan. Welcome back. Good morning, Tom. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. First thing Alan says to me when he walks in the door, because we haven't seen each other in a while, he says, the Milwaukee Bucks are champions of the world. Can you believe it? Can you Radio believe it? Land, the Milwaukee Bucks of the, just Wisconsin, our hometown crew. And I suggested Man. to him, look, the Brewers could go to the World Series, the Packers could go to the Super Bowl, and the Badgers are going to be better than anybody thinks they could go to the Rose Bowl. It's a fine time to be a sports fan in Wisconsin. I guess we can't get the sports uh, Wisconsin Sports Grand Slam unless we get the first leg with the Bucks. That's so true. We got that one down. Absolutely. And uh, we have an internet outage here at the radio station today. I'm not sure anybody else around here is suffering from it, but if you are, you realize how dependent we are these days on the <laughs> internet. I was I was in the other room, and I, I, mean, I, can't, I can't post any news stories on our website. I can't access any of the, the websites that I need to access. So, uh, yeah, we've become... I think if, if, if our enemies want to destroy us at some point in time, all they have to do is uh, is cut our Internet connection, and, and we will be helpless uh, within a few days. Just shut us down. Send us way, way, way back to the old days, like the like the 90s. They, they talked about the uh, electromagnetic pulse. So this would be like that, I, I think. Anyway, we are here. Your phone calls are welcome. 715-845-2155, the number to call here if you have a question for Alan. Uh, where would you like to start? To, I, I mentioned off air that uh, I'm getting close to the birthday where I have to sign up for Medicare. And I'm getting all kinds of things in the mail now, of course, from various places suggesting I use their services to take care of this process. Um, I'm not sure I have to use any particular service to, to take care of this process. Right? This is something I can do. Uh, on my own, right? I yeah, mean, there's, or, absolutely. There's a couple ways you can do it, Tom. And I think uh, it's it's one where, as with anything, and I, you know, we talk about uh, from the financial planning. You know, that's where you know Merle every week, uh, you know, has advice on things, and and we talk about it from the legal side, the estate planning, the elder law part. Um, I think it's get information. You know, get good opinions about it, and I think you can get there are professionals you can talk to about this. But in the end, Tom, I think you're right that if, if you spend the time, you can. You know, what you end up with is uh, probably some combination. And this is maybe more from the Medicare side and less from the Social Security. When do you choose Social Security? I think the Social Security question is probably more uh, integrated with uh, Do I have to make a determination on that now? No. No. No, the the Social Security, and again, we won't dive too much into that, but Social Security says that you can start taking it at age 62, uh, but you don't have to. Uh, that's the earliest you can take it. And there are some exceptions for, for a disability and, and uh, widowed and, uh, you know, those types of things. But just your normal, just retirement Social Security, there's a window between 62 and 70. And if the earliest you can take it is 62. But if you take it, uh, they're going to give you a little bit of a discount. So everyone has a normal retirement age. And that normal retirement age is pushing up towards 67. We used to think of it as 65 for Social Security, but it's really, it's, it's been creeping up. And depending on when you were born, it, you know, it moved from 65 to 65 in two months and 65 in four months and 65 in six months. Well, they're moving it up to 67. So, so Tom, if yours is 66 and a half or 66 and eight months, or if it's always up to 67, they say that's the normal retirement age. Although for most purposes, it doesn't really matter. That's just the one that they base the math on. If you take Social Security early, they say we are going to make you take uh, a reduction in your 
your your monthly benefit. And if you take it later than that, we'll give you a bonus. So if you wait, if you take it at 67, you get your normal Social Security payout. If you wait a year, uh, now the usual, it's not exact, but I think the back of the envelope math that you'll you'll read out there is that you get about an 8% bump if you wait an extra year. 8% for every check you get for the rest of your lifetime. And you're like, I don't know, Tom, if you could find a guaranteed 8% uh, uh, investment these days, but... Well, the, the rolling of the dice, though, is that uh, the, that that time between 65 and 70, that's five years. You hopefully will live longer than 75 or 76 then to make that pay off in the long run. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where I think the, the, the math is, you know, whatever the age is, if you live to you know, your early 80s or 82 or 84 or something in that range, that that's about where the math breaks even if you're trying to win the math problem. So with Social Security, if you say, I just want to figure out a way where I get the absolute most number of dollars coming into the household, you say, great, then, you know, you wait till 70 and you live till 85, you know, then you'll win. Um, The other uh, argument people have with Social Security is they say, well, wait a minute, though. You know, if I'm collecting more money and I'm not going to break even on this until my, you know, early to mid 80s or perhaps even later, when would you use the money more effectively? You know, when are you going to take more vacations when you're 62, right. 63 and 64? At 82, I may be or giving all of the money to the to the nursing home or to uh, Absolutely. other, yeah. other problems. Giving it up, giving it, you know, health care, nursing yeah. home, those things, or just putting it into a bank account, and never using it anyway. And it goes to, you know, the next generation, which, it, you know, so I think there's a there's a, there's definitely a healthy debate about that. And I don't think there's a right answer about Social Security. I think it's it's really up to what you feel about that question. You know, for the Medicare side, the Medicare is really when you turn 65, that that is the uh, the the health insurance. And it's really the, the United States kind of covered uh, health insurance program for people. And we mainly think about this. The biggest group of people is are those who, who turn 65. Now, you don't have to take Medicare when you turn 65, but there is a window for why when wouldn't you can you? sign up. Why wouldn't you? The reason you wouldn't is if you are still covered by a workplace plan that Medicare, uh, and again, I am not the Medicare expert. So there are people who are. There are people in every community who, who really handle this, and they'll talk to you about it. Uh, but the, the Medicare is generally the, a secondary payer of medical coverage. So if you are covered by a workplace plan and then you say, well, I'm 65, so I'm going to sign up for Medicare, uh, Medicare says, hey, not a problem. We'll sign you up. But if you have other coverage, either through a workplace plan or sometimes even through a spouse's Gee, workplace I thought plan, I could get rid of that expensive workplace plan. No? Well, you. this is where you talk to the experts. <laughs> okay, stuff. all right. So okay. we will not offer an opinion on today's show about that. But I think that is the question because Medicare Medicare is generally trying to say, hey, we're going to pay last. If you have another way to do this, do that. And it might be, uh, you know, the the kind where if if Tom says, hey, uh, I turn the age when I could qualify for Medicare, but my uh, my young forty uh, five uh, year old wife is still in the <laughs> workforce and she is covered by her workplace plan and that has spousal coverage. Uh, Medicare says we'll be here if that plan doesn't cover something, but we're second. Um, and they have some rules about that, and usually the Medicare rules trump the workplace rules. So I just take a look at it. But if you say, nope, we're both 65. We both turned 65 at the same time, and uh, the uh, my wife and I are almost the exact same age. We're within a few weeks of each other. So we're going to turn 65 at the same time. And if we both exit the workforce and, and we are both out of that, uh, then what happens is you can you can sign up for Medicare. If you don't, if you wait, because there's a Medicare premium, you know, that it's not free. People right. say, Medicare's free. Yeah. Oh, then all my health care's free. And you go, no, it's not free, not even close. You know, there's a premium. And and depending on the year and the year and when you started, that premium can be in the, 
you know, it was there, you know, for a long time, it was $110 a month and $120 a month and $130 a month. And depending on your income, uh, they can bump it. This is when you get introduced to a woman named Irma. The uh, Irma is the Medicare adjustment uh, for depending on your income. I think it's the, the income something Medicare adjustment, IRMA, something like that. So, uh, again, the uh, don't uh, not the Medicare expert, find those folks. But really what it does is it says now your Medicare monthly premium is not going to be $130 a month. It's going to be 230 a month or maybe 330 a month. You know, sometimes when people uh, sell a piece of land or they sell the cottage and their income bumps up one year, the next year they're all of a sudden paying, you know, goes their, their premium goes from 130 to 330 And you go, oh, my gosh. Uh, it's temporary, but it's one where um, it's more. And then that doesn't cover everything. Right. You know. Got to get a supplemental policy. Yeah, Medicare. It's it's a uh, you know it's not going to cover everything. You still have copays. It's you know it'll pay eighty percent, but you have to pay twenty percent. And all of a sudden you say, well, wait a minute, twenty percent in cash for some of these crazy medical bills is you know that's way beyond my what it was sometimes now a fixed income. And now Tom, obviously uh, in retirement you may have a fixed income. It might be fixed at a very high level, obviously. <laughs> but oh yeah, um, right. Mm-hmm. But uh, but fixed nonetheless. So you say uh, I don't want to be at the you know the the point of the bayonet of these these you know out of control medical costs. So I'm going to uh, purchase a Medicare supplement. Now that is where you generally um, I would say would talk to someone, um, and sometimes you can just buy a pure Medicare supplement. Uh, sometimes the people who who describe the Medicare supplement might talk to you about merging your Medicare supplement into something called the Medicare Advantage plans. And those are where it kind of takes out. You're now no longer in the, the U.S. covered Medicare plans where you kind of wrap it all into one big sort of quote unquote supplement. Um, and there are different coverages for that. There are different costs for that. Um, and it, it does get to be there's there's a little bit of uh, information overload sometimes. How does so. all of this work into the, the plans you put together for people uh, regarding mm-hmm. uh, their retirement and end of life and pl- all those plans? I think for us where this really becomes important is when people talk about the long-term care side is they say, if I do need, um, as years go by, uh, it's not just the medical coverage, not just the doctor's appointments or the hospital visit. It's the assisted living. It's long-term care. It's nursing home care. For that one, uh, Medicare and Medicare supplements are very limited. Uh, the the official rule, and, and we'll, we'll talk about official versus you know what the, the actual experience people receive is, but the official rule is that Medicare will pay for 20 days of long-term care as long as it is rehab and as long as you are improving. They'll pay for 100% of 20 days, and then they pay about 80% of the next 80 days. And then your supplement kicks in to pay the rest. So all all told, um, if you are in a a long-term facility, they will pay for one way or another up to a maximum of about 100 days, so about three months. Uh, The reality is it we almost never have seen anyone get to 100 days because it's very difficult to measure increases in your rehab performance that that long. You know, they, they measure, I think, about every three days, and then they report it to Medicare. Because Medicare says, hey, we're going to stop paying for this as soon as you stop progressing. So a lot of times people get to about 60 or 70 days, and they say there's no meaningful progress. And then they transition into um, a long-term stay. So once it becomes a long-term stay, then there is zero Medicare coverage, and there's zero Medicare supplement coverage that is all cash out of pocket. And that becomes obviously in, incredibly uh, uh, financially painful. Well, paying for for a for a uh, nursing home policy though that covers that is incredibly expensive, um, regardless of what age you're at, right? I mean, even if you start if you, if you start thinking about this at 
40 years old, and most people don't, but especially if you start thinking about it at 50 or 60 years old, I mean, right. the policy amounts are pretty high. How do you make that decision that this is going to be worth it um, to invest this kind of money at this point for something that you might not ever need? Well, and I think that's it. That That is really the calculation on that. Um, it is, when it comes down to it, I think everyone should talk to their financial professional about long-term care insurance. Now, not, not Medicare. Medicare, I think you just get. You know, if you're not covered by a workplace plan, just sign up for it. But for the long-term care insurance, the nursing home insurance, you know, that is the one that the state says the average monthly cost is a little over $9,200, which just seems unbelievable. Um, but in reality, we probably see more in the ten dollars to $11,000 range. That is actually the cost that people pay in cash, just out of your, uh, out of your money. And, and month after month after month, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult to even comprehend that unless you get into it. And then even then it is. So to just think about if you were going to get insurance coverage to pay that, how much would you have to pay to get insurance coverage? And then when some people see the insurance coverage, there's, there's kind of two versions of it. There's the sticker shock. We don't see many people get, get policies anymore that pay for that coverage. You don't, there are no unlimited, you know, long-term care insurance. But we'll get something that says, well, we'll pay half of it. You know, well, but then a premium for that is, you know, we'll see premiums very commonly in the six to $8,000 a year. Uh, and you say, that's the premium? What if I never use it? Well, then, you know, that, I guess that's a good thing that you never need a nursing home care. <laughs> yeah, but well. that premium's gone. And you go, wow, you know, that is, and, and sometimes that is just too much to put into the budget. So we have seen a lot of hybrid policies. And a hybrid policy might be something like, they say, as you get a little closer to retirement, if you give us $100,000 as a premium one time, we will give you $200,000 of nursing home coverage. And you say, wow, that's a pretty good deal. It's, you double your money right there. Uh, and if you don't need any nursing home coverage, we'll give that money back to your beneficiaries as a death benefit. Maybe we'll give you 200000 if you need nursing home care. And if you don't need any nursing home care, the death benefit's two twenty five or something. You know, and obviously all of those are well, dependent I mean, on your age and health. That sounds and, like if you have a hundred thousand dollars of disposable income sitting around, that sounds like a no brainer. Well, it's it, it's a good one, I think, in that uh, it but doubles how, your money. But then you're not going to get the coverage for fifteen years, or you know, there's a, there's a, a a period where you're not covered. But it will that money's coming back to the family one way or the other. And some people, I agree with you, Tom. They say, yeah, that that sounds like a great deal. But the majority of the people that are listening right now don't have $100,000 in disposable income to do that. Or if you do have a $100,000 CD, you know, which some people do, uh, the thing you're, you're not, if you give it away, it's gone. You know, it's, you can get it back. You know, sometimes those places will say, well, there's a return of premium. So if you change your mind five years from now, you can have it back. You don't get any interest, but you can have it back. So sometimes people say, yeah, that is definitely an option. I think the, the downside is you have to give that money away. You have to give your 100000 away. Or it could be fifty, or it could be 150 you know, whatever number of coverage you choose. The other part of it is what will $200,000 of coverage actually cover by the time you need it? Yeah, if these with costs, inflation and everything else. If these costs keep going up, yeah. and if you look at what the, the, the nursing home coverage has been, it has doubled far faster than anything we have seen in the rest of the economy. And there's some reasons for it, I think, behind the scenes. But by the time you need it, that might... That might cover 10 months. Maybe the Vikings had the right idea, just send their elderly <laughs> on out the onto raft. an ice floe, and, or a raft on their way to Valhalla. That might be, Maybe. been here before the news, um, something that uh, you might want to touch on. No, I think the... Um uh, you know, maybe in the second half of the show, we can talk, Tom, about from the estate planning, the elder law side, you know, people will come in and say, uh, here's what we want to do. Uh, or they'll say, here's the here's the document I want to create because I think this is what it does. Or here's the 
uh, uh, the, the the strategy, I think, because my neighbor around the you know I'm the not bathroom. a lawyer, but I read about it on the internet. Yeah, and and I get that because I do the same thing. You know, I tell my doctor, you know, here's why my elbow hurts, and and uh, here's what I think you should do. And you know, he asked me, you know, what year I graduated from medical school. Right, right. You know, and I sheepishly tell him, <laughs> we're hearing a lot about that these days, right? right? Yeah, people so, know more than their doctors. I completely get it. Yeah, and and that is, and I don't mind. I, I kind of enjoy when people actually do a little bit of if they want to, you know, poke around on the internet and. It makes for a pretty lively conversation, and we just talk about what that does. I think what it, what, from our perspective, I think a better thing, and really for clients, is just think about what you want to accomplish, not how you want to do it, but just think what is it that you want to accomplish, and you say, well, if something happens to me, I have a, a 1970 Ford Mach 1, and I want to make sure that this gets to uh, my grandson because he's the only one who cares about it, but... If he doesn't want to, or if he wants to sell it, then I want to make sure it gets to this other person. I don't want to just give him what might be a twenty thousand dollar car that uh, he just sells and turns into cash. Well, that now that I understand that we can say yes, we can figure out a way to do that. Um, if you want someone to be able to use uh, the hunting land, but you don't want them to sell it or turn it into a subdivision with you know the crazy real estate market of twenty twenty one. Yeah, we can do that. Or if you say, hey, I've got four kids. I want all four of them to use the cottage. Uh, and if even one of them wants to use the cottage, I don't want it to be sold. But you know what? If all four of them agree and none of them are going to use it, okay, then let's sell it. So I think it's, it's you know, think about those things. And sometimes people say, no, that's not even it. I just want to make sure that the stuff I have goes to the right people. And maybe it's a, a second marriage situation. I want to make sure my, my second wife is covered, but that my assets eventually go to my kids after something happens to both of us. So that whole list of things. All right, let's take a phone call in here before the news. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Um, we're- Whoa. Whoa. Might be go ahead. Volume. We're wondering why you're not on the radio. It's not coming through. Really? Ooh. It's coming through here. Where, what are you listening on? We're listening on the radio, and it's 99.9. Interesting. Our internet is down, too. I will uh, double-check and see if I can figure out what's going on. Was the earlier segment on, or just uh, after we... we haven't gotten anything from the beginning. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, we're having problems this morning, no doubt about it. Uh, The internet is down, and now apparently the FM signal is down, too. So we'll try to figure out what's going on with that. Okay, so hopefully we're still on the AM. Maybe if someone uh, is listening on 550 AM, then they can give us a call. 715-845-2155. 715-845-2155. Let's take a break for some news. We'll come back with more. You're listening to Making Financial Sense today with a ter- security account at ssa.gov slash my account. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King along with attorney Alan Haugam, pinch hitting from Rural Kelch today. Let's go back to the phone. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Bob. Go ahead, Bob. You're on with Alan. Morning, Bob. Okay. I called your secretary here about a week ago. But anyway, I was wondering where you're going to be on the air. But anyway, my question, or several questions, would be for you. Okay. I went to a financial advisor and that, and I can say, give my son 
$100,000, like say, what I was going to do was charge him 1% interest on a loan. But he said, if I file this federal paper with the federal tax guy, I can give him $100,000, and there's no tax ramifications. So my question for you would be, in a way, okay, I give him that $100,000 and go through the federal tax thing, whatever I got to do. Right. Well, then then what I'm wondering about now, say I end up in a home, but I'm financially set for a few years. I mean, you know, money-wise, uh, I think I could get by. Okay. Now, would the state, if I ended up in a home, come after that money if I needed state aid assistance? Okay. You follow me? Absolutely, Bob. Yep. So... I think, Bob, you're asking a couple of different questions. Maybe I'll answer all of them. So uh, it's uh, perfect for the beginning of a segment. This is Bob's caller of the show so far. So no, so the first thing is, when you talk about uh, interest, if it's a loan, if it's a loan and you want it to be paid back, uh, then the, the IRS says you have to charge a minimum level of interest. So if someone yeah. says, well, it's a loan and they're making payments, but it's 0% interest. Number one, the IRS says, Zero uh, percent interest loans don't really uh, happen in the wild. They don't happen in real life. Uh, that that we think that that's uh, uh, no one would really do that. So there's a minimum level of interest that you either have to charge, or if you don't charge it, you still have to pay income taxes on it. They call it imputed interest on the interest you should have received, Bob, that you didn't charge. Okay. So if it's a loan, and again, it doesn't sound like that's what it is in your case, but for those people listening. Yeah. If it's a loan, that's what we're talking about. That's the minimum level. And and these days, that interest rate is pretty low. They change it every month, but it's probably in the one to two percent range, something like that. So if it's if it's truly a loan, and say if it's not a loan, you say, could I just give a gift? So what your financial advisor is talking about is any one person can give to any other one person fifteen one five fifteen thousand dollars per person per year without even reporting it as a gift. So you can give fifteen thousand to your son. You say, well, I got another son. Give him 15. I got a daughter. She gets 15. I got a son-in-law gets 15. I got this grandkid gets 15. You can give the guy down to the gas station 15. You can give anybody 15. Nobody reports it. If you give someone more than $15,000 in one particular year, so if you, Bob, if you give your son $100,000, the first 15 is free. The next $85,000, you have to tell the IRS that you gave it. You know, this is not a loan. This is a gift. So if yeah. it's truly a gift. You say, hey, dear IRS, I gave my son an extra $85,000, uh, and the IRS says, no problem. Thanks for telling us. It's called a gift tax return. It's Form 709. Uh -huh. now, so, like you have a 1040? Well, now you got a 709, and that's a gift tax return. But you don't have to pay any tax as long as your lifetime gifts, over and above all the free 15s you've been given out, over and above that, you can give an additional $11.7 million dollars before you have to pay any gift tax. And you say, well, I don't think, there aren't too many people around here that are, are touching 11.7 million. Maybe somebody, but but that's pretty rare. Yeah. So so as long as you keep it under that. So the IRS says, you just have to tell us. There's just a reporting requirement for, for whatever reason, yeah. but there's no tax due. So your financial advisor's right. That's probably the form he's talking about. Now, your, your third level of this question, though, is you say, hey, if I give them the 100000 and if I tell the IRS about it, and there's still no tax, everybody's happy, right? Now, what if I yep. do need nursing home care? Is the state going to come back and get that money? 
Well, what ends up happening is the state says, look, when you need nursing home care, you have to pay. You know, we're talking about that. The state average is 9200 a month. I would say the, the number we see for, for true nursing home. Now, assisted living is a little less, but for true nursing home care, we probably see between ten and 11000 a month. It, it's kind of shocking, but that's the number. So you have to pay that. And, and next year it goes up and it goes up and it goes up and it goes up. So if you have enough money to pay for a couple of years, you're good. But then if your money runs out as this nursing home care cost gets out of control, the state says, yeah, well, what about that gift you gave? And if that gift was within the last five years, then the nursing home or the state government, one way or another, says we want it back. Now, the... There were some rules uh, a few years ago. There were some temporary rules about how the state could could kind of go back and force that money to come back. So they don't do that anymore. Like they're not going to your son's house and kicking the door in and saying, you know, you know, where's the cash? They're not, you know, they're not physically going to uh, take his, you know, property and those kinds of things. But what they're going to do is they might tell your son, hey, uh, we're sending Bob back to your house. He's got to leave. You know, we're, we're getting him out of this nursing home. He's coming to your house, and he's and, and your son might say, well, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. We don't have a, a medical facility, and and you have to have one. You know, based on Bob's health care, we have to have some advanced medical facility set up in our living room, and we, we don't have that. That cost would be a lot more than ten or 11000 a month. But in one way or another, um, there, there's a, a number of levels that the state will go down um, to put a pretty intense pressure on your son to get the money back. So they don't go and take it per se, but uh, one way or another, it it's coming back. So so that's where, now that's where, you know, we get into, and, and Tom alluded to a little bit before, and we talked about, you know, what can you do? So if someone comes into the office and says, look, I have $100,000, I want to protect it. How can I protect it? Well, if I give it to my son, it's still out there. First of all, you have to give the money to your son. And that might, you know, some people aren't super big fans about that. Um, the other thing is, for it to be meaningful, if everything in your entire life the state or the nursing home, they're going to gobble up other than this 100000 Well, maybe there's a way you can do that. But if you say, well, I kind of like to protect the 100000 and the rest of the money and, and maybe the house and the farm and the hunting land and the cottage, you know, can I protect all that stuff? That's a good example of what we were talking about uh, before the break about, you know, what is the goal? If And if the goal is I want to get 100000 to my son, we can make that happen. If you say I want to protect that or maybe more than that, and not have the state come back on my son's doorstep someday and ask for it, then 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 that's the goal, and then we'll figure out how to do that. So, but yeah, that's the that's the legal side. That's the elder law side of the uh, estate planning and elder law career. Thanks for the question. Okay. That was All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Seven one five eight four five twenty one fifty five. The number to call here. I would imagine you get a lot of questions like that. I mean, that that probably is most of the things you deal with. Yeah, I would say that that's a fairly common one. Now, Bob seemed to, uh, he had all the layers. He had all the levels of the question just just holstered and ready to go. A lot of times people will come in and just say, I, I have $100,000. I want to protect it. Or I have a house and I have $100,000. And, uh, you know, just based on the cost, based on based on that monthly cost, it goes fast. And, and I just, I don't want to be... Um, you know, under the gun and all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's one health issue and, and it's basically, you know, a snap of the fingers and it's gone. What can I do? How does the so. government know? I mean, how does the government know that you have $100,000, you take $100,000 out of your bank account and mm-hmm. put it under the mattress or go out and spend it? How does the government know that you have it? What happens is, 
So, and, and it's a good question. I would say that is a very common question in our office. They say, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take it out of the bank and yeah. I'm just going to hand it to my kid in a paper bag. Right. Well, first of all, we are not the law firm to describe uh, how those transactions take place. That is not what we do. We would never, ever uh, uh, counsel someone. So you're, saying, the rules you're, are, so you're saying that's illegal or just uh, describing it later? Well, what uh, happens is, no, now it's not illegal. And there's a difference between illegal and um, well, what the next word we're going to use. So I would say, if Tom, if you want to take $100,000 out of your, your bank account, put it in a bag, hand it to your son, that's fine. You have to tell the IRS, just like Bob, you went over 15000 You have to tell the IRS you did it. But cash transactions are legal. You can certainly hand that to him. Um, if you do need long-term care or you need nursing home care, though, the nursing home will make you fill out a form. The state does. It's a state form. And they say, how many assets do you have? And how many assets have you given away within the last five years? And, and if you don't tell the truth on that forum, then you're committing fraud and that, can go to prison. That's the word. I see. Well, and it's you know, and there's and there's a little bit of you know, again, um, has this ever happened? Has ever anyone ever filled out a form inaccurately on purpose? <laughs> inaccurately. Maybe. That, that sounds like political speak right, right there. But but it's one where I always tell people fill out fill it out honestly, do it truthfully because if you do that, so Tom, if you give the hundred thousand, not Bob, Bob would never do this. But if Tom gives $100,000 to his son in a, in a paper bag, and then later you fill out the form, well, one of you is going to have to commit fraud to make this work. Yeah. Because either you're going to fill out the form wrong and then say, under penalty of perjury, I swear this is true. Yeah. Or your son, who's got the bag, mm -hmm. is going to have to. And then- Good thing the, I won't have the problem because I don't have $100,000. They know but. his social security number, yeah. too. And the other thing the state can do is they want five years of bank transactions prior to that care. Ah. And then they say, well, you made a $100,000 withdrawal. Where did, Where did, did it, go? it go? Yeah. Yeah. And they'll you have to prove it. To my local neighborhood drug dealer, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the phone here this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Uh, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Another Tom. That's a great name this morning. Hi. Hi. I have a question. Um, we have a will, and uh, I think it's called a financial power of attorney. Um, and we want the beneficiaries to be changed. Do we have to write a new will, or is there another process that we can go through to get that changed? The, and, and, Tom, there's a, a way that you can amend uh, any legal document. Uh, so you can amend, say, a financial power of attorney that, you know, gives someone the authority to act if you're living but you're incapacitated. By the time you amend it, it's probably just as easy to, to take that power of attorney and, and just put new names in it and re-sign a new one. It's probably easier. For the will, I think it, it depends. You know, with a will, uh, most wills, there's not a lot to them. You know, they're pretty thin, not a lot of pages. So if you say, well, it's just one of these wills where it says everything goes uh, to my spouse, if my spouse isn't living, goes to the kids equally, and you say, I'm just going to change that, um, and I just want to change one paragraph. So it goes to my spouse first. But because I gave some money to my uh, oldest daughter, um, I gave it to her early. She's buying a house. She needed it now. I'm going to reduce how much she gets when we pass away. Well, that paragraph might say, well, all to my spouse if my spouse is living. Otherwise, I'm going to give, um, you know, 20% uh, 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 to my daughter and 80% to my uh, youngest son. You know, that kind of thing. What you can do, if you're just changing the one paragraph, amending a will is, is using something we call a codicil. So a codicil is uh, an amendment to a will. It's you're changing a will. And what you do is you, you say, I hereby change, you know, paragraph four. Here's how paragraph four for, should read. You type it out, and then you sign it, and you get your two witnesses, your two non-family, adult, disinterested witnesses to sign it, and you are good to go. Just make sure that that, that codicil is always attached to the will. And and if you say, well, by the time you do this, by the time I take a look at it, then you got to read the rest of the will and make sure nothing else changes, you know, paragraph three, and, and then i got to re-sign it and then 
attach it and then make sure that the codicil never gets you know separated from the will. You know, would you just draft a new will? Sometimes people do. Okay. You know, it's and I think it's it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other. I think oh. that's fine. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I think the only other time I heard the word codicil is from the movie Animal. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. To get the jab or not. And while you want to take a vaccine, whatever, like, that's your decision. It's a decision many are mulling over. We're uh, intelligent people. Some say it's a no-brainer. I just felt like it was important. Others say not so fast. It sounds like a Starbucks order, right? Are you half-vac, full-vac, no-vac? I don't know what to say or do anymore. Hear about it, then talk about it. People are really divided on a lot of things. On WSAU and WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. We've got a few minutes left. 715-845-2155 is the number to call here. If you have a question for Alan, give us a call. Uh, what else is on your on your schedule over there? Well, you know, Tom, I think um, part of it is uh, uh, when we went through all the uh, – uh, Bob, our first caller, when he had his different layers of, of questions, you know, Bob said that, uh, you know, my financial advisor says here's how I can give some money to my, my son, and it's okay if I tell – I fill out a form. Well, you know, yes, you absolutely can. There's no tax. The IRS says that's fine. They really don't care. The And then he says, well, that's great, but then I want my son to, to keep it. And, yep, it's not going to penalize your son. Yep, check that box, too. And then when Bob said, well, and then I want to make sure the state can't come back and take that from my son. Um, the, you know, the way that you can do that is X. And I think that really gets down to, you say, why does Bob want to give $100,000 to his son? And, Bob, you don't have to call back. We can kind of, you know, talk about it a few different ways for kind of depending on, on, on the, the listeners out here. But I think when it comes down to it, if if Bob says, I just want my son to have a little walking around money, you know, that kid's worked hard all his life, and I want him to have a few extra shackles in his pocket, well, that's great, and that you certainly can. And you might just say, yeah, instead of waiting until I pass away, I want to give it to him early. That's perfect. Again, Fill out the IRS forms. They're fine with it. If, though, you say, I want to protect it, you say, is that the only 100000 you want to protect? Or do you want to protect the rest of the bank accounts? And do you want to protect the mutual funds? And do you want to protect the life insurance and the house and the cottage and the farm and the hunting land? If there are more things to it, then that's a bigger question. And then you're not limited to just this 100000 But I think that's that becomes really what you would want to uh, take a look at, Bob. All right. Let's sneak one more phone call in here before we, we're done. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Hello. Hello. They're not there. Okay. Well, they Maybe they, they, they were they were going to tell us that they can't hear us on 99.9 this morning, probably. <laughs> we had, uh, that was going to be the greatest call in, yeah, in yeah, morning yeah. radio show history. For and those it still of might you, be. For those of you not aware, we have uh, had an internet outage here at the radio station. I don't know if it's elsewhere in our area here, but uh, without the internet, that means no 99.9 until that gets fixed. So... Hopefully you're still hearing us on 550 this morning. I think you are. So we've got a couple of minutes left before 9 o'clock. Um, no, so just, if, go ahead. Yeah, with that, you know, so when we talk about it with Bob, that kind of, it, again, it ties into what we were talking about earlier. 
for the estate planning, for the elder law, but really for everything else, for the Medicare planning, for the Social Security planning, for the financial advisory. You know, how am I going to pay the bills in retirement? How many bills do I want to pay in retirement? When do I want to retire? All those things. You know, I think what it is 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 think about your goals. I mean, it's the first thing uh, that that when people come into our office, literally the first thing we talk about is what are your goals? Uh, You know, it might be uh, grab a cup of coffee and maybe a chocolate chip cookie and kind of settle in, but... But really, it's what do we want? Not does what does what the lawyer want to accomplish? What does the law firm want to talk about? It's what, as a client, what do you want to accomplish? And if people say, well, I want to reduce my taxes. It's really the only thing I want to do. Well, maybe we'll grab the CPA and, and you say, that's it. You say, well, I want to reduce my taxes. Yep. But I also want to make sure things get to my kids. I also want to make sure my kids don't lose it if they have a, a marital issue. I also want to make sure that the state can't come and take it. You know, Bob's question about the 100000 So if you say, can we accomplish all those things? Then we sort of settle in and say, yeah, we can do that, and, and here's how. But, but I think it really starts. Think of the goals, and I think we're, we're off and running. All right, back to the phone we go. Good morning. Who are we talking to? This is Maria. Hi, Maria. You're on with Alan. Go ahead. Good morning, Maria. I'm the one that called and told you about the phone call. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> oh. About the radio being offline. Oh, all right. Thank you very Excellent. much. Appreciate it. Do you have a question okay, for Alan bye-bye. this morning? Okay. Nope. No question for Alan this morning. All <laughs> Thanks, right, well, Maria. Thank you very much. All right. Um, it's the Mutual Admiration Society Apparently today. it is. Yes, uh, Maria indeed. did a good thing, and, and it's good. She sounded like she had a smile on her face just from the sound of her voice. Even though she can't hear you and all of this great information you're passing along. I know. Well, maybe, maybe. Maria, she, she flipped from FM to AM. She's she got it. She could have stayed on the phone and listened to the uh, show right through the phone, could I suppose. It. All right. Well, we're just about out of time for today. If folks want to get a hold of you on Monday, how can they do that? Well, I would say the easiest way to do it, Tom, we've got two locations. So uh, we've got a, a location on the, the west side of Wausau, um, the, uh, so you can stop in. We also have a location in Rhinelander. Boy, you're getting pretty Street. big now, huh? We, you know, it is. Uh, well, I think for a lot of our Northwoods clients, it's just easier to access the Rhinelander office. If sure. you go up there, you'll, Greta will be a smiling face to see you when you come in. Um, or uh, you could call, you know, the kind of the, the global number is area code 715-843-5001, 843-5001. Or on the Internet, it is if it's working today. If your internet is working today, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is uh, dot com. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks, Tom. Have a great week. Alan Halgum, Halgum Law Firm here in Wausau. It's coming up on 9 o'clock. We've got the Polka shows on the way after the news. And uh, we've got uh, Packer football today. The Packers and the Houston Texans from Lambeau Field. Packer game day begins at 5. That moves the Brewer games to uh, our sister station, 93.9, the game. And uh, that's all coming up later today right here on WSAU. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first?